Hello there, it's me, Professor Oak. I'm here to tell you about a new podcast series from Super NPC Radio, all about the original Pokemon games. Pikachu. That's right, Pikachu. Your favorite trainers are playing through Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow for their next Games Club series, and you can hear all about their journey. Look, my grandson is here. What's his name again? Well, my name is Gary, but whoever is playing the game named me Butt. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. But, I mean, Gary, did you subscribe to their Patreon to follow along with their Pokemon journey? Yeah, but only because I know they'll need help from me along the way. Catch the Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow Games Club by subscribing at the $10 DJ Toad tier at patreon.com slash supernpcradio to hear new episodes every Friday. We'll see you there, listeners. Gotta catch them all. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from a particular moment in their life. On the show, we'll talk as much about what made playing that game special, memorable, and what sticks out to our guests to this day, as we will get into the context of when they had this moment with it in the first place. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that we'll have links to everything that we plug today in the show notes, so you can just go ahead and click and find whatever you're looking for from the stuff that we plug. We are on social media, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also leave us a rating and review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether uh, and what I will say is if you listen to us on Apple uh, Podcasts or iTunes, I will see those reviews and I'll read them on the show if they're uh, if they're respectful and nice. But if they are anywhere else, I can't read them. But feel free to shoot them to me because those ratings uh, do a lot for the show as far as increasing our visibility. And so I'd love to just give you a little thank you by reading uh, your review and shouting you out. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game that we have brought on for the main event today. Um, we also have a Discord for our whole network here at Super NPC Radio. So if you want to talk with a really friendly community of people about video games and all sorts of stuff, you can click the link again in the show notes. And then lastly, we're on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And uh, what is Patreon, you might ask? I, I usually, I think I did this on the last show too, where I realized that I just say Patreon and a lot of people are probably aware, but for those of you who are not, it's a content creator platform that people who artists of all sorts uh, will put their content up there. People can subscribe to it to get that content at different tiers. And that's where our video game podcast network, Super NPC Radio, lives. Um, so if you like me and the people that you hear on these shows and want to hear more uh, content from them, specifically video game podcast related, check us out. There, uh, currently, our big ticket item is we are playing through the original Pokemon series 
red, blue, and yellow. Uh, and every single Friday, we have a brand new episode coming out about our journey. Uh, when this episode comes out, we will be on to episode six, which will be uh, going through uh, Rock Tunnel and the Rocket Hideout in Celadon City. So if you love those original games, check out the f- original, the first episode that we did in this feed a few episodes back and consider subscribing because there's a bunch of great stuff at that tier, uh, the $10 DJ Toad tier, that is. That'll do it for the housekeeping. And I'll finally introduce our guest for this episode. So please welcome local comedian and actor Keenan Buchanan. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here. Um, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I'm so glad to to get you on the show. And like we were saying earlier, just to even hear your voice because you're you're someone I've known for, I would guess, I'll throw out six years yeah, at, at yeah. least. But I haven't seen you, uh, seen your face or your body move in a while. And that's the way I'm going to choose to say yeah, it. Or heard your voice. Handy. Yeah, which it's there. It's funny that there are people that we could know like on the like f- like really friendly level that you and I are on and still have not seen for a while but that's just the way life goes it's crazy um yeah i i've been thinking oh my god my phone uh yeah good good, good. this is a great way to start out a podcast hey, is I my love phone the, go you know, hey people if you can't tell he's booked and busy <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, this is actually Citibank telling me that my uh, account balance is zero. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, he's not afraid to spend money. You hear that? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I was thinking. I've been thinking a lot about this. Just like how lucky we were to get to get together so frequently. Not just the two yeah. of us, but the whole improv community, um, and just sort of, you know, it's it it, it was such a lovely thing and it's still there and and coming back but um boy man that pandemic really what a doozy what a do you know what i've been saying this and not enough people have been on board with me but truly what a doozy it's like you said like it's still around it's still something that is like uh that is uh not entirely different from what it used to be but i feel like when you go around you can feel a bit of change and that's just like what time does but also having like a hard reset for the whole community yeah um absolutely yeah it's it's i just know that like i've had i've had a harder time coming back as with with the amount of energy and um frequency mm-hmm. that I, I was hitting the stage um and i think it's just that it's that pandemic doozy factor um but all, yeah. but you know, it's so it's it's just like like you were saying, just to hear you and and see you is just so great. <laughs> um, yes, it's, absolutely. It's, uh, it's you know I've I've been lucky to have you like hop into some streams as well, and so like I'll see like your username and and see text from you, uh, and this happens with other people too, and it'll be nice. But yeah, to see to be back on screen and actually like talking, even though it's you know over the internet. It's really great. Speaking of which, I mean, we're kind of dovetailing into it, how we know each other, which is through the improv community in Los Angeles, uh, specifically like UCB adjacent. Um, but I I also don't remember specifically when we met, and I have to talk about this on every show, but I'm all, I mean, I'm actually just about certain it was at the clubhouse and it could have been, I'm get, I'm thinking it was the, had to be the JT show. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this as well. It's either yes. TNT 
swimming lessons or at the JT show. Yes, um, absolutely. Or maybe, yeah. Uh, was, I, was JT every week or was it every other week? Yeah, it was every other week. Um, okay, gotcha. Th- thankfully, it wasn't every week. That is uh, <laughs> such a grind. And uh, we're so lucky that we have people who run shows every week for... Yes. I, I, I have now sort of... I'm producing a show, um, which we'll talk about later, but I'm doing it once a month and it's so doable. And once a week is so insane. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's a huge ask. It's like you're committing to, you know, the same night every week being at a place, but not just being at a place, but doing the work to produce the show, to book the show, to get at this venue, water and beer likely. Um, Is that something they still do at the clubhouse? I haven't been in a few months. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So... It's a lot of work, but that's where, you know, we met and, you know, we got to be friendly for so many years. We ran into each other at auditions. Um, but what do you want to share about yourself uh, today with the listener? And is there anything like your show that you want to plug? Yeah. So um, I'm really excited to be running a show with my producing partner, Katie Nathan, who, um, you you know, um, our mutual friend. Love Katie. One of my, like, someone I met, I don't know if you know this, but I met before I was really in the improv community through my uh, former roommate, Steven, and then Hannah Canongator. Uh, they all used to intern together. And then I met Katie through Steven, and then we became friends as well. But one of the best people out there. She's just a delight. I feel so lucky to count her as a friend and somebody who wants to to make comedy with me. Um, it's great. Yeah, so uh, that's the that's the first reason to come. Katie is producing it, and she's lovely. You can say <laughs> hi to her, and she's just always nice and uh, lovely to be around. Me, not so much. Um, t- <laughs> secondly, uh, it's don't listen to him. He's great. <laughs> it's an open mic. Um, so really, I, I feel kind of silly. Pre- uh, really trying to market this show a bunch because it's an open mic, but I am so proud of it. It's called Nice Mike. It's the first Thursday of uh, every month at the Clubhouse Theater. Um, and the premise of the show is that everybody gets a standing ovation. Um, so at the end of your five, everybody gets up. We all give you a standing ovation and then we move on to the next one. And um, That's so sweet. I didn't. Did you used to do that? And have I just forgotten that? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man because i'm pretty sure i was at the first one you were, yeah um, yeah god bless you uh <laughs> thank you thank you um uh so yeah it's it that it that's 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 the magic of the show um open mics sometimes are really bad uh the vibes mm-hmm. there are sometimes abysmal uh people don't pay attention because they're all focused on their new material um and doing a standing ovation after every set sort of like refocuses everybody it 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 makes everybody happy, like mm-hmm. which is just worth it alone. Um, so yeah, come and get a standing ovation. If you haven't had a standing ovation in your life, you need one. It feels really good. Um, and boy, it's a it's a hard world out there. It's a hard cold world out there. Uh, and so I'm really really excited to be hosting this show and doing it so frequently. And I'm writing again, and that feels so lovely. Way um, to go! Because I you know. I realized, uh, you know, the pandemic hit and everything shut down and I just sort of stopped creating and coming back to it. It's just like, oh, this is 
this is great. This is like yeah. jet fuel for me. Um, uh-huh. I need this. Uh, so yeah, lovely to be back. So come on down to the clubhouse. We have a blast. You'll get a standing ovation. You'll hear some new comedy. So far, the shows have been really awesome. Everybody who's been mm. coming has, has been lovely. I think just the name Nice Mike sort of keeps people who have hate speech in their uh, stand-up yeah. away from the show. Yeah. Um, at least that's been how it's been so far. So, yes. uh, yeah, I love the show and 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 really excited to be running it. So uh, our next show is actually next week, June 1st. Uh, Ooh. 8 p.m. at the clubhouse. Come on down. Killer. I'll be there. I'll have new material. And I'll tell you what, my last set was good. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So good. Might need to change the name to a good and nice good Mike. Good and nice Mike. <laughs> With what you're bringing in. That's... That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you two are still doing the show because, again, the one time I went, the first show back in 2019, was such a wonderful uh, environment. It was it was great. I want to say it was like – when did you do this? Like June or was it like May? I don't know. Not important, but – Yeah, that's, we, we ran you know? it very briefly right before the yeah. pandemic. Um, so yes. it was in those like three or four months leading up to lockdown. Um, yeah. And then it was nothing for three years. What a nightmare. <laughs> well, like I said, really glad that you're all back. I'll put, um, is there an Instagram? Yeah, uh, Nice Mike Comedy. Um, you can great. follow us on Instagram and that's where we're at. Um, it's so interesting running shows again. Nobody's on Facebook. Promoting them is so weird. Um, but follow us strange. on Instagram. That's where mm-hmm. we're at. That's okay, our hub. sick. I'll put a link to that um, as well. Um, and if you plug anything else or your socials, I'll put that in there too, whatever you want. Um, that way people can find it and come to the next show on June 1st, 8 PM, 8 PM, 8 PM. Um, well, Keenan, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself and, and promoting nice Mike today. Before we get into your history with video games, will you please introduce what you've brought on today and call me by your game? Yes. Today I am bringing on 2002's eternal darkness. You can call me by that game. Is that how is that how you do it? You know, there's no way one way to do it, and the way you did it, my friend, it was beautiful. Call me by Eternal Darkness. Yeah, Eternal Darkness. Um, I should do that after everyone does that. Uh, anyway, I'm so excited to hear about it. This is a game that I'll just give a little preview of. I have never played, but have been very aware of specifically since I've gotten like way back into gaming in a serious and unhealthy way since like 2018 so uh i'm pumped to hear from you um but let's get into your history with gaming my friend yeah let's do it do you do you remember like uh an early memory or a first time you took an interest in games yes um so i was lucky to have an older brother who's six years older than me and he's one of my best friends and uh he's so nice to me um, so he and I it's a great start played. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great place to start in the world. Having a brother who loves you and is awesome. Yeah. Can um, I, can I ask you something or like yeah. just talk about totally. something really quick? I'm immediately interrupting you. Um, but, um, I think that, you know, being also someone who has siblings grew up with friends with siblings of different ages, I feel like that six years, like five and six years is a pretty safe distance generally for siblings to get along or maybe you didn't get along as a kid we'll have to see we did um yeah you did you said yeah 
So I think it's a pretty safe distance where you are in such different stages of your lives that odds are going to be in your favor to get along a lot better. Whereas me and my sister are about two years apart and we it's an enemy. did not like each other yeah. for years. Um, <laughs> it's a rival. So I don't know if that if I just wanted to put that out there in case a listener or maybe you resonate with that, because it's I something totally that I've do. definitely considered. Yeah, um, he's on a, he's a lot of ways like an additional parent um, yeah. to me. Uh, and yeah, so I love him so much. He's like mom number two. Um, and uh <laughs> Yeah, so he he and I used to play video games, and he was very generous to play with me, being like a child mm. and a baby. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, not being able to, you know, I didn't have the capacity that he did. Um, so it was a lot of like me watching him play, um, and so, and but we did have Game Boys. So ever since I can remember, um, I had a Game Boy. Mm. Um, me and my brother shared a Game Boy. One of the big, uh, do you remember, was it one of the big chunkers? Was it a pocket? It was, um, it was not the big one. It wasn't the thick okay, one. Okay, gotcha. So it was a Game Boy Pocket. Yeah. Nice. Um, gray. And uh, I used to play Kirby's Dreamland on it. I Ooh. remember um, Kirby's Dreamland and Kirby's Pinball were my oh, cool. big games on that. Um, and then I would also play Tetris. Um mm. And then uh, the Game Boy Color came around and we, we, this, my game history is full of my mom buying me and my brother video games. I'm very fortunate <laughs> and very That's lucky awesome. uh, to, my brother is like, just, he gets what he wants. He's very good at like um, organizing things to work for him. Mm, uh, nice. And, and that's worked out for me in a lot of, a lot of different ways. Yeah, you got the almost the the trickle down got, got, uh, yeah. Of, yeah. of his skill there. Yeah, um, I don't have that skill. That's why I, I I notice it in him, or at least I I don't have it. He's just an expert. He's just a just he gets. Is it like stuff. a negotiation thing? Yeah, it's a it's a manipulation. Yeah. It's a negotiation. <laughs> he's just an expert at it. Um, yeah. He he's good at figuring out what people want. This is all. It's, it's, let's spend fifteen minutes talking about how great my brother is. Actually, um, yes, <laughs> his name's Kagan Buchanan, <laughs> and he's the best. Um, no, so okay, uh, back to video game history. Um, then, really, I sort of picked up as a gamer, like big time gamer, when Pokemon came out for the Game Boy Color. So I got a Game Boy Color, yeah, uh, and then was playing Pokemon Red and Pokemon Yellow. Um, Ooh. I got Pokemon Yellow, even though I already had Pokemon Red. I got. I it. did the same thing. Yeah, it's this. It was. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I wonder how many copies of that game were sold. It's so fascinating that any were sold because it's the exact same game. Yes, we, we've talked about this. I mean, you've made made it very easy for me to mention again the Games Club we're doing going through these because some of us are playing Red. Some of us, like myself, are playing through Blue, which I don't know if I've ever played through. I might have played through Blue before on a cart. I've definitely played it on the virtual console. And Yellow, a couple people are playing that version as well. And it's been interesting to hear from them of like, oh, I like the new coat of paint, that the sprites are different, that the you see Team Rocket, Pikachu follows you. But ostensibly, it's the same game. Oh, yeah. So, But I think, at least from what I can remember, I was all about it. I was all about it. Yeah. Um, 
everyone was playing everybody like traveled with their game boys right mm-hmm. and so i mean everyone was playing pokemon and you had the version where you could like check in on pikachu like he just mm-hmm. follows you around and the other the other <laughs> dynamic is that you can turn to him and press a and then like it goes to like a picture of what he's doing so uh-huh. if you're in the ocean he's surfing and that was the coolest part of the game it was like oh yeah check that you like pokemon check this out and they're like well, this guy's like this is the 30th kid who's shown me pikachu surfs yes um, <laughs> and you're like look he's surfing um yeah so pokemon yellow was incredible uh pokemon in general is incredible what a what a what an awesome game um and just trading card game i know this is a video game podcast but yeah uh, the trading card aspect of it was just so feverish in our childhood um yeah absolutely and so fun uh i i me and my brother used to go to the santa anita mall which is this giant mall um east of la and uh there for like months on a saturday it was like we're going to the santa anita mall we're buying two packs of pokemon cards each and then we're gonna go trade with the with the 400 other children who were there and it it was incredible it's like (laughs) it's really really remarkable that 400 kids convinced their parents to all drive them to santa anita and hang out for six hours yes just to have like a swap need of trading cards yeah Um, and just so exciting what an exciting time to be alive and be a kid and like i was working on my collection with my brother it was just so fun i love pokemon so much it was a blast that I mean that of course it's something that stuck around and only gotten more popular but there was something that it might be just being nostalgia for our generation and when that happened but if there's something I think that was pretty special about being on the at the beginning of the phenomenon hitting and having it truly sweep us up in every way like you're like even the cards were huge yeah. so for months on gosh, saturday that's what it. we that's what we did me and my yeah. six-year-old my brother's six years older than me was doing it too like uh-huh. you know I, i'm <laughs> i'm like eight years old and he's like let's go to santa anita you know like yeah <laughs> like it's just a huge <laughs> swath of kids being like we got to trade these cards at all times because yes this is money this is currency yeah. And, you know, my collection together is, it's a, it's a very strong and that's all I care about. <laughs> Gosh, it's incredible. But that, so that sort of like kicked off Pokemon in general, like gaming in a serious way. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. So I, yeah. I just was really, I love Pokemon. I would play that game all the time. And, um, that's when I started sort of having like gaming be part of my life in the way that mm-hmm. it is you know it's it continues to be a very involved part of my life um which you know i am really grateful for um so yeah uh that's cool pokemon and then what was after pokemon yeah uh then the nintendo 64 was released and i remember me and my brother got an n64 for christmas and mm. um i don't know how my parents did this but we did Christmas morning and we opened all the gifts and then like right as we were ending there was this doesn't make any sense so I don't know if it's <laughs> fake or not but there was a knock at the door and it was like the delivery guy uh-huh. and he delivered the N64 
which is on Christmas morning, like shouldn't yeah. have been working. So maybe this isn't real. But this is maybe it was a friend. It could have been a like, friend. I yeah. think this was this might have been my my neighbor, uh, John Hansen, <laughs> did my dad a favor, um, knocks on the door, and then like I freaked out because I was sure. I didn't get it. And I was like, yes, me and my brother were like asked, this is the only thing we want. And so we got through it. We were like, okay, all right. Okay. No, and 64. That's all right. This is part of life. Yeah. You know, we'll recover we'll from recovers. This. I'm sure, you know, we'll, <laughs> Jonathan will get it and I'll play Jonathan's and it's going to be okay. And then, uh, yeah, I had like the freak out Nintendo 64. Have you seen that video of the kid who just screams at Nintendo 64 over and over again? Of course. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, Cause I have heard so many people tell a similar, like a similar story to you. And I had a similar experience too of getting it on Christmas for me in 1998. Yeah. And it was just like enormous. And I'm sure kids freak out about getting a switch or a PlayStation five nowadays, but like, it's funny that that feeling was immortalized in that video and yeah we i know can the video perfectly like, captures it yeah and like <laughs> there's like i'm sure you know a million instances of that exact scene yes um yeah that's what a great video uh so yeah that's what i did screamed nintendo 64 eight times <laughs> to my brother and then shook him and you know we have been uh playing games ever since um we played what ocarina some, of time i was gonna ask together yeah, were some games. um yeah. So played Ocarina of Time together, which is my favorite Zelda game to this day. Mm. Still one of my favorite games to this day. As far as single player games go, Ocarina of Time has to be on my top 10. Um, mm. It's just so cute and so perfect. And it's got like a really nice track to it where, oh yeah, you know, for your novice gamer, just jump right in. You can do it. Um yeah, I love that game so much. And then Super Smash Brothers too? entered the the scene and me and my brother were playing Super Smash Brothers. Um yeah. It's great stuff. The N64 was I mean, what a console. Uh, uh Donkey Kong 64, Diddy Kong Racing, Banjo-Kazooie, just bangers, you know? So many hits. Well, Mario um, Kart 64. I haven't even talked about Mario Kart 64. God. Um That like I feel like you might be able to relate to this because, again, same generation, probably very like almost the same age, if not the same you and I. But uh, I know that that console, I've said this many times, is not the best console that ever existed. It had so many issues. Uh, there was only like I think 270 games that ever even came out for it in North America. Really? But it remains my most nostalgic one because we played all those hits and those hits were so good and they they're still pretty strong to this day i want to uh, say me uh, my my uh, my high school friends still play um mario tennis together we still play mario tennis on the 64 incredible because it's rock solid there's nothing wrong with that game there's nothing yes. wrong with that game they perfected it the first time yeah. they made it it's it's perfect how it is yeah um and uh that's 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 an accomplishment in itself like uh mm-hmm. i i feel the same way with 60 um mario kart 64 like i i like all the other mario karts just fine but i am like a like just die hard 64 head and yes um just the way that the drifting and boosting works in that game is perfect like it's a great it's a perfect racing game um 
I love it. Yeah. I love that game. Well, so after, tell me, since it sounds like you've been gaming forever. I've been gaming after my whole in- goddamn life. <laughs> yes. I would like to hear about maybe like uh, a high school or like another console that was significant for you or a gaming moment uh, yeah. like after this time, but before now. Yeah, great. Um, uh, when the Xbox came out, Xbox 360 came out um, mm-hmm. and Halo Halo 2 came out that that was a very important time for me in video gaming um my friend got an Xbox 360 and I believe that's the right console right Halo 2 I Halo 2 may have been on I think 3 was uh on the 360 exclusively but 2 Two was, had there may have been extra right. capabilities right. being on live right yeah um so just when Halo 2 started going um I started playing Halo 2 on Xbox Live and I was getting wrecked and then Halo 3 <laughs> came out and I like got good at that game. And so that was mm. the first game that I really got good at. Um yeah, I was like the second to highest rank in Team Slayer and Solo Slayer which um isn't the highest rank, but it's pretty good. And there were some professionals on the scene who were at my same rank. And so it's crazy. Whoa. At that time, like ESPN started playing Halo clips. And like, <laughs> that was like a big deal for me. I was like, oh, cool. Like everybody thinks I'm lame for playing games, but look, ESPN doesn't. ESPN yes. thinks it's cool. And look, ESPN recognizes that these plays are insane and these guys are cracked and like, yeah, that's what I want to be. I want to be cracked on ESPN. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I played Halo three, like it was my dang job. Um, <laughs> I'd come home from school and play Halo three, like almost every second of every mm-hmm. bit of free time I ever had. And I was lucky to have a good friend of mine do the same with me. And so mm. we just got so freaking good at that game I knew when the weapon spawns were on every map and just sort of like a, a just a big old sweaty uh, 16 year old who was so good <laughs> at that game. And I'm really in a lot of ways have always just been chasing that dragon, mm-hmm. chasing that high of being just the best because um, I would like host land parties and like me and my friend Connor were so good and we'd be like, yeah, well, we're going to host a land and we'll, we'll get teams of four and we'll be the best and it's going to be yes. the best. And that's exactly what happened. We would just go and we would dump on our friends really hard and it feels so good <laughs> about ourselves. Um, anyway, that's a blast. Yeah. Video games are the Gosh. best. Being good at them is really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. It feels nice. It's also like, I'm just, I'm really nostalgic for those types of, uh, parties too, where you would get together and play specifically like Halo or Halo. Th- like I played Halo three with a group of friends, a bunch. I didn't have a three sixty in high school, but I went to their parties, yeah. and it was just like if I could, if only we could go back. I mean, it was uh, land parties are really cool. They just like set up two TVs in two different rooms, and you have your mm-hmm. teams in there, and it's you know if you like sports at all, which I know you like sports. If you like yeah. comp- competitive stuff at all, you're going to like land parties. I mean, it's it's just totally it's good. Good gaming. Um, yes. So, yeah, to set that up as like a child and like have my parents help me set that up is so f- I feel so lucky and so fortunate. And what a joy mm-hmm. it is to get to do that. Um, 
but yeah, Halo lands, you know, it's just, uh, it's just good stuff. I don't know. Gaming with yeah. the boys, gaming with your friends. Um, it's close to my heart. <laughs> ah, it's the best. Uh, I like, uh, yeah, always am sort of, I'm chasing cause I've never been like an ace at a game, but I've, I, that's what I chase is like those, uh, camaraderie moments. or those, those group moments in person specifically, like, I like playing games online with friends just fine. It's fun. But yeah, being able to do that in the same place with some like nasty food is around <laughs> uh, is just so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something lovely I, about like ignoring your your bodily needs with your friends for <laughs> 12 hours and just, 100%. Like, just like sitting down and, and getting really sweaty. Um, yeah. We still, me and my, me and my, I, I, I feel lucky to, one of the reasons why I love gaming is that it's allowed me to stay connected to my friends, even though yeah. we went to different colleges around the country and, and through the pandemic, it was so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but me and my friends still do have land parties and like we had one f- four months ago and killer when my friend f- was in town. All, we all brought all our computers and set them up in a room and, and played video games for 12 hours. <laughs> And I love doing that unashamedly. Yes. I don't care. Um, it's so much fun. I'm so glad that I get to do that with my friends. And, and I feel lucky to have a bunch of boys who are willing to do that and know that that's fun and special. Um, yes. Because sometimes you can ask somebody to move their computer and they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of wires here and uh-huh. I got to set it back up. And it's like, yeah. yeah, dude, move your computer over to where I'm at so we can play together. <laughs> it's it, it like because I get it. It's a ton of effort. I haven't had to move this thing since I built it. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, but it is totally worth the the effort and the work to like be able to have an experience like that with your friends is yeah. so great. Or even if it's just like a console of like bringing another TV or like we used to bring an Xbox and a cable. Uh that's great. Um, I want to ask you a more recent uh, question about games, which is, has there been a game um, that you've either really enjoyed that you want to shout out from the last couple of years or an, or like a type of game experience that you didn't expect to like that you did? I'll let you choose between those. Um, well, I do have two shout outs. Um, Please. I, I'm really excited about this game called battle bit um it's a low poly i think is the term it, it looks like minecraft mm-hmm. and it it plays like battlefield bad company too um, okay so there's 128 players per team and they're on these giant maps and everybody's like a cube soldier um <laughs> and it's awesome. It's 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 being developed by like three guys. Oh, um wow. and one of them does like all the graphics. So it's really being coded by like two guys. Yeah. <laughs> and um it's incredible what they've been able to do and I'm just a huge fan of it and I think it's in early access. It's it's starting early access soon. It's been mm. doing play tests. So right now the only way to play this game is on Saturday morning. You can go and play BattleBit for free. So everyone should do that. It's a fun, you know, one of the big problems with the Battlefield games is that they don't run on uh, computers that aren't like AAA. 
Oh. Um, they're just like super resource intensive. And so BattleBit is like, it can run on a potato. It can run on <laughs> your old gaming laptop. Your, um, or your, you know, it's just, and I think that's really cool. I think it's cool to design games that are, are, that a lot of people can play that you don't need like to put, to pay $2,000 for a machine yeah, to, some crazy to play rig. some battlefield game. That's like, I don't know. That's, it's, it's, that's the part of gaming that's really like lame and sticky and gross. It's like, wow, this is pretty expensive. Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, so games that are like ever free to play really excite me. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's so fun in general. The, the whole donate model really, uh, gels with me. Um, yeah. So, battle bit it's great the gameplay is great the gunplay is great there's a bunch of cool guns in there they all like feel really good um and you wouldn't expect that from a game that like is low poly and doesn't mm-hmm. emphasize textures but like the, the gunplay is there it feels like um modern warfare 2 or um a modern game um full of okay want to interrupt you yeah. for because this is really important is that a uh we need to exchange uh steam accounts so we yeah, can I become know. friends yeah. i don't use mine enough um but i want to use it more and b i have like uh I'm, i have baseball on saturdays right now including like this weekend like hella early on saturdays but i would love to play that sometime if i can do it before obviously the the play tests end but i just want to throw out there it'd be so yeah. much fun to do um i would i would love to have you along um i have had a couple couple times i'm like I, I was recruiting for a couple weeks because i was obsessed with this game and was like yeah i'm gonna get really good at this game and be this is gonna be my next halo um <laughs> and uh I've, I I actually got distracted with my next plug, which is Turtle Ooh. Wow. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> there, everybody's heard of World of Warcraft. Um, yes. And uh, I played World of Warcraft when I was in high school a little Ooh. bit, uh, not a ton. I I like avoided it because I saw how you know my friends were playing a lot of it, and um, I was like. I was into clicking heads at the time and was like, mm-hmm. there's no headshots in this and I'm never going to like, you know, get good and kill like 30 people when I ought to have only killed one. Yes. Um, and <laughs> so I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> but then when the pandemic hit, they re-released WoW Classic um, and That's a right. bunch of my high school friends jumped on that. So that was really fun. And we all played World of Warcraft again, um, like we were in high school and that was how I got through the pandemic. Um, but we fell off and then, um, for, for whatever reason, there's this, there's this new private server. I don't know how this works legally. I think Blizzard um, should sue these guys pretty soon, but (laughs) there are these guys running world of Warcraft on a private server where there's no monthly fee. And it's basically wow. Classic. It's like almost the same game. They've made some changes and they've added some additional content. So they do have an argument that it is a different game. It's it's not just WoW, but it, in all intents and purposes, is exactly the same game, except you don't pay a monthly price, a monthly fee. Um, wow. So I've been loving that. And it's like, wow, but free to play. <laughs> and so there's like 6,000 people on the server, which is like super healthy for a WoW server. And mm-hmm. um, they're from all over the world. And so it's really 
it's it's very exciting. I, I've I've been loving it. Um, I love WoW. It's it's such a fun game. It's such like a huge world. Um, and so I've been I've been just playing Turtle WoW, uh, and it's it's been lovely. If you want to drop up, if you would like to drop by, I would start a character with you. Um, yeah. And I, there's I, no, nothing to do with turtles. So there, yes, there is something to do with turtles. The reason why it's called Turtle <laughs> okay. Wow is that they give you a mount at level thirty. <laughs> Traditionally, I think mm-hmm. you got a mount when you were forty, or it was eighteen. So once you're level eighteen, you get a mount. So World of Warcraft is really you walk a lot. It's a very big world. Yeah. It's a lot of travel time, and so they gave you a mount earlier in the game. And so that's it's it's basically like World of Warcraft, but easier. There's a lot of dynamics where you get XP faster or the game's just quicker um, and yeah. easier to play. <clears throat> and uh, I love it. It's great. It's like, what if WoW was easy? And WoW is, you know, the reason why WoW is not fun is because like it takes a lot of prep and like a lot of research and like you're like, mm-hmm. just it takes a lot to play that game successfully. Um, and this is just sort of like a lighter version of it. And I don't pay for it. So I feel great. Um, I'm loving it. The best. Yeah. So BattleBit, but, but once BattleBit's released, I'm going to get actually very serious and very sweaty with it. Yeah. Um, but it's soon soon to be. They said this quarter it's going to come out. Exciting. Yeah. That's so cool. So those are the uh, two so games Battle I'm super amped about wow. right now. And thank you for asking. Of course. Uh, that And the, truly two of the most interesting answers I've we've like had on the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's really exciting. Yeah, um, BattleBit's super well, cool. I, I, it being developed by three guys is like incredible. Like I, I think that's truly. Just super cool. Um, Dang. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Keenan, thank you for sharing a, a fraction of your history with video games with me today. Um, I'm sure we could like this happens every so often where I'm like we could do a whole episode on this. I say that enough. Anyway. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll get into all things uh, Eternal Darkness, so I will see you on the other side. Can't wait. Welcome back to Call Me by Your Game. Of course, here with Keenan Buchanan to discuss Eternal Darkness. Keenan, welcome back. Uh, great to be here again. Hey, great to be here with you, pal. Um, like I told you before the show, we're gonna do a little table setting for the listener. Explain what this game is uh, before we get into your personal history. Uh, but again, if you want to inter- interject at any time or add on, uh, please do. Um, But without further ado, I'll just go ahead and monologue for a little bit. Let's hear it. Uh, Eternal Darkness, uh, and with the subtitle, Sanity's Requiem, is an action-adventure video game developed by Silicon Knights and published by Nintendo for the GameCube in 2002. Uh, It was produced and directed by Dennis Dyack. The game follows the story of several characters across a period of two millennia and four different locations on Earth – 
as they contend with an ancient evil who seeks to enslave humanity. The game distinguishes itself with unique sanity effects, visual and audio effects that confuse the player and often break the fourth wall. Um, for the listener, it's the the closest shorthand I would have for this is it's similar to like Psychomantis and Metal Gear Solid, if you've ever played that game. Um, uh, development began on Eternal Darkness after Nintendo, who was impressed with Silicon Knight's Blood Omen Legacy of Kane from 1996, contacted the company to propose a collaboration on an original mature title. Silicon Knights based their concept around Lovecraftian horror and the eternal champion concept and decided, uh, decidedly avoiding making a, su- a survival horror game. It was originally planned for the Nintendo 64 uh, and was mostly completed before development was moved to a Nintendo's upcoming console, the GameCube. Um, and it was the first game published by Nintendo to receive an, a mature rating from the ESRB um, I mean, Nintendo, as as you know, just they're known for their their ease, their ease for everyone, and their tease for teen. So it's always surprising to see one of these titles come out for not so much to as much today, because everything comes out for the Switch pretty much. But uh, yeah, especially back then, it was like you didn't see a lot of stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, this was um, this was for adults, um, adults or brave children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, lastly, I have here, uh, Eternal Darkness was widely praised by reviewers and won numerous awards, but was not a commercial success, uh, which is why it's expensive on the secondary market today. Um, and it's a GameCube game. Uh, a direct follow-up to the game was explored, but never materialized. And Silicon Knights went bankrupt and disbanded in 2013. R.I.P. Attempts, but R.I.P. indeed. Uh, attempts by Dayak to make a spiritual successor entitled Shadow of the Eternals with his new studio studio precursor games failed both of their Kickstarter campaigns, leading to the project being placed on indefinite hold. Uh, in the years since this game original game's released, it has been regarded as one of the greatest games of all time, as well as one of the best horror games uh, ever made. And um, it's a game that... Like I was telling you earlier, I'm very aware of and aware of its place on the GameCube specifically. Uh, and yeah, but other than that, like it's not one I've experienced. But is there anything like any factoids, any bullet points that we should include in your opinion before we jump into your discussion on the game? Uh, no particular factoids um, that I that I have in mind. No. Um, OK. Yeah, let's jump in. All right. Well, first, why don't you tell me how you discovered this game and when you played it for the first time? Okay. So um, I actually was just chatting with my mom about this because I can't remember how this game came into my possession. Yes. Um, It just materialized. It just was in my life. (laughs) I didn't seek this out. This wasn't advertised on like kids television. Yes. Um, It just... Uh, and I asked my brother and, and he couldn't remember either. I think what happened was, is then this is crazy. My mom bought this video game for herself. Whoa. Yeah. So incredible. My mom She's is like, a finally therapist. a mature title for me, a mature woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she, my mom's a therapist. And so sometimes she'll get like a hot recommendation from oh. her clients. 
And that's she like learns about a lot of cool stuff that way because um, people get excited about stuff and they'll share it in therapy. Um, and so she didn't tell me that, obviously, because it's confidential. She just uh-huh. <laughs> she just told me that 10 years later. Incredible. Or 15. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I guess I, I do have really uh, vivid memories of my brother and I playing this together. Mm. So. Somehow we got a, she tried playing this and couldn't do it. And then we played it is what happened. Um, Yes. And uh, yeah, it's, it is truly terrifying. The game is so scary. Um, I played it when I was eight years old, I think. Oh my gosh. Um, And it was my first like real experience with horror and surrealism Mm -hmm. as, and both of which are like, close to my heart now um yeah i i think like evil dead is one of my favorite movies and just surrealist horror in general um so over the top uh i love it it just makes it just how how explosive and um unrealistic and terrifying surrealist horror can be uh really um it makes me happy because you know, I think the world is is filled with dark, horrific things, and sometimes people, you know, pretend like it doesn't exist. And so, <laughs> something about horror really just uh, clicks with me. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, right. well, question for you. Yeah. Getting, I mean, you know, obviously, first of all, incredible way to get this game. Uh, that's the first time that's ever been brought up on the I, show. I, I, I doubt anyone's mom has ever bought a video game for themselves. I mean, this must be one of the only times it's ever happened. Let alone like this specific. It'd be different <laughs> if it was like, oh, Tetris or or like, oh, Mario seems fun. But um, yeah, I'm mom. curious, getting into this, had you ever played a game like a horror game or like a Resident Evil or anything before this? No. No, wow! I had, ne- this, I had never played any horror game or really seen any horror movies. Like the scariest thing that I had seen at that point was Titanic. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing that was really scary were the trees in Snow White. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know if you remember the part. In, I think it's Snow White. It's either Snow White or Bambi. But there's one I thing you right. where the trees become monsters. And mm-hmm. that is the scariest thing gosh darn thing i've ever seen yeah they have arms they they go and they grab um yikes in fact anyway those are actually sure you're right about that now because at disneyland that's like a whole part of the snow white ride is like you're going under the trees so sorry to interrupt you no no it's good good it's so yeah in snow white i remember that scene i love horror and so um yeah i remember the first time i've ever been scared watching tv was um those trees i was like oh yeah. my god like these are murderous trees uh-huh. <laughs> just a moment ago they were regular pretty trees and now they're murderous <laughs> uh, this is the wrong part of the forest lady you yes. need to get out of here um and uh, ever since i've loved horror and um yeah i love horror so eternal darkness is like this crazy thing that i experienced as like a child yeah. and i realize is like really foundational for my tastes going forward. Um, basically you start in this game. Um, you, you, you wander around a, a mansion that is mm-hmm. haunted and you start out and it's, it's just empty and spooky and that slowly gets more and more haunted. Um, and the game really starts 
Um, I don't want to spoil this game, so it's it's too bad. Spoiler alerts. Spoiler alert. Please, I'm going to talk means, about a, a lot about yeah. the game. Uh, you should go play this game, and if you really don't want anything spoiled, stop the podcast now and yes. go play it, and then come back. And you better so, come back to finish it when you're and done. You better, because <laughs> I've got some things to say. It's great. <laughs> um, so the game actually starts. You wander around this mansion until you find one clock that you turn the time on. It's mm. it's crazy um, how like I don't know before single player games you can just not know what you're doing yes and like not not progress in the game at all like i played this game probably for like 40 hours with my brother wandering around the mansion before we got to the beginning of the game <laughs> yeah like it, wow and so for for a long time i was just like exploring this extremely haunted mansion filled with insane imagery like just there's dudes you walk into a parlor and there's a piano playing there's no one at the piano and you turn and then there's a dude who's hung himself next to the piano jeez (laughs) and then you go up to the body and it goes to a close-up of the guy who's hung himself and then his eyes come open and they're like filled with blood and it's like ah yeah (laughs) i'm eight years old (laughs) yeah this is a lot. This There's some steps lot. between this I should have made. Yeah. Um, so I just remember like uh, just the rush of being so scared as a kid. It was just like I was I it was the first time ever I had really experienced that. And um, I love it. I, I like getting scared and getting excited. Yeah. The, the the you know, it's all very fun for me. Um, and. But that game was just probably one of the more intense ex- like horror experiences that I've ever had and will ever have. Um, yeah. Like I went to go watch the, I, I was I was watching a playthrough because I was trying to download the game to play it again before this episode just for fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I still am going to, but it, there's a few hurdles um, and some yes. illegality that needs to take place. Yeah. Um, which is okay with me uh, for the record. <laughs> and I'm on the record, folks. <laughs> and I'm now on the record. Um so yeah, uh it, it You're is watching the playthrough. It is it is so many scary moments. It, the game does such a good job of like slowly elevating um how how scary things get and but Really, most of my experience of this game is me and my brother wandering around this mansion before the game even begins. Like we played the yes. game forever without actually getting into any in-game content. Just the just the starter level where you where you wander yeah. around a haunted mansion and get scared. And there are like just uh, so many scary parts. Like books fly out. There's like a lot of like loud banging like you'll be walking you'll Mm -hmm. be walking around and then this it'll get really quiet and then there'll be like a loud banging um which i think is a underrated scare like just somebody Mm -hmm. like like i think is a very scary thing to actually have happen (laughs) especially when you can't see what where it's coming from sure yeah um so yeah, that, that was my main impression of like, I watched this walkthrough and the guy goes straight to the clock where you turn the time to the right time and then yes. the game starts. And I was like, wait a minute, this guy <laughs> didn't wander around for 
60 hours. That's that's how you play this game. He's not doing it the right way. This guy's not doing it the right way. Yeah. Uh, he missed like so much content. Um, so yeah, you go and then you find that you, you eventually find the tome of uh, evil. Basically, it's like this evil tome that is uh, the life force of the dark spirits that are taking over the world. Basically, the devil's coming to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. And this one family is is holding this tome, which is the key to defeat evil. Yes. Um, and so you go through time, you go through the history of all time where, where this tome is passed down through generation of generation. And you go back to starting with like the Romans and then there's like some... Somehow the family goes from being in Rome to then to South America. And so then you're in like somewhere in South America. Uh, I think it's the Aztecs. And then you go back from the Aztecs to some other great civilization where the book is um, being held by somebody Mm -hmm. else. And so that's how the game works is you just go through different historical time periods and um, you fight basically zombies. Mm-hmm. in each one of these time periods and it's a joy I, it's a lovely joy um you know in doing research for this i didn't realize there was the familial connection or that which is which is like the through line here but which makes sense that it's like oh they wanted to tie it to this place and this group of people but in order to create like a fun varied i guess environments for the for the character it does it you are a little bit like huh so romans and then (laughs) then aztec and then spain but you're like it's a game i can go ahead and just let that go yeah and really we all are roman and aztec and and spanish yes we're we're all i forgot to mention that yeah um so yeah it it uh that part doesn't make sense the game is both written really well and very poorly. Like there's Hmm. a lot of like really terrifying prose in there about just like darkness and evil. And like, Mm -hmm. it's so cinematic. The game's so cinematic. It's basically like a 48 hour long movie Mm -hmm. um, where you just, you know, deal with death and darkness and, and, and what if evil's taking over the world and consuming you as well. And, um, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely horror tale, uh, and yeah, uh, it it it. I, I realized just thinking about it how what a great impact it had on me because I've loved horror ever since. And yeah, I don't think it really was Snow White that hooked me into into horror. Um, I think I think it was Eternal Darkness. Yeah, it definitely wasn't Titanic. Yes, um, I walked out of that movie. My parents took me to Titanic and this is not to throw my parents under the bus on a podcast, but it's what I do every time because yeah. it, everything in my life is their fault. Um, <laughs> and mine, but I didn't want to mention that. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they took me to Titanic when I was like five years old. I think that movie was in theaters and I was like scarred for life. <laughs> like, <laughs> never been the same. Um, yes. What, what was it about that movie? Uh, one, I was introduced to sex for the first time in my entire life. Was like, what is this, and why yes. am I seeing it? And mm-hmm. um, 
actually, I think this is naughty and I, I don't appreciate it. Um, I actually can't remember how explicit it is in that movie. Is it like implied? Do you, it's actually pretty light. Yeah. So there's like, there's the one full naked, naked lady or naked lady. That's right. Um, Yes. Uh, and that was shocking to me. I was like, I'm not supposed to see this. What the heck is going on? Yeah. And then, um, then there's the scene where they're in the, the car and there's the handprint, the sweaty handprint. Okay. Yes. There's a lot of sex sounds and then a sweaty hand. And there just wasn't enough context. It was, it was both all the sex that I could handle and not enough context. And I was a child and it's just confusing when you're a child (laughs) and you're, and you are confronted with sex, it's just like, what the hell is this shit? Like, <laughs> you're a whole bunch of this. freaks. I don't want to have it. I, this has nothing to do with me. And, and why is it important to anybody? <laughs> and it uh, never will. <laughs> yeah, it never will be. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that part of myself. That's like, Hey, what, what, what the heck is this? And yes, get it away from me. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. Yeah, I'm said putting my foot down on Keenan. this sex stuff. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, uh, helping remind me of how explicit it was because I haven't seen that movie in years and I I didn't remember. But either way, that that is it makes sense that it was like a confusing middle ground of like not enough information and all too much at the <laughs> yeah. same time. I needed there to be anatomy and then like consent to, to go to walk through consent and then yes. and then then I could see naked people. Very um, fair. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you were saying it wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't Titanic. It wasn't yes. um, Sleeping Beauty. Because, um, you know, it, Titanic is horrific. The ship mm-hmm. breaks in half and people are like hanging on and like yes. fall to their death. And it's just. it's The flooding it's, was really scary, I oh remember. Oh, my God, dude. How mm-hmm. scary is just. I used to have nightmares about flooding mm-hmm. all the time because of that movie. Um I don't, I don't, I spend zero hours in a ship. I spend zero yeah. hours of my day underwater and I had nightmares for years. Of yes. Like, oh my God, I'm in a room and the water's going up. <laughs> yep. And there's no way out. Uh, yeah, that's, it's interesting. I think kind of cool too, that like, you know, Eternal Darkness was this uh, very formative uh, piece of media slash experience for you uh, when it comes to eventually you know loving this genre yeah um because it seems to be such a fantastic example of it as yeah. well yeah it really is a an incredible survivor horror game like i think the combat is a little repetitive it, mm-hmm. the combat is definitely the weakest part about the game there's not enough um like monsters variation of monsters it's pretty bad but as far as like the storytelling goes it's it it like hooked me. Obviously, I was a child, right? So yeah. Um, but even watch doing watching the walkthrough, um, the storytelling of it hooks you. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoever did the voice acting for the the main narrator just crushes it. Like yeah. he's just crushing. He actually, it's hilarious. He's doing the voice for like three other characters <laughs> too. So you, and you can tell. You yes. Can tell. Um, but this guy is just bringing like an incredible performance. He and he does all these like really poetic soliloquies of on like horror and death and darkness mm. and being chased, and um, they're all delivered so well. And, uh, so yeah, the game is fantastic. It's just like a, an incredible experience. And, um, 
Survivor, uh, Survivor horror, horror games are so scary and still scare the shit out of me, and I can barely play them. Like I picked yeah. up, I, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a Survivor horror game when it's on sale and play it for 15 minutes and then go, yeah, that's too scary. <laughs> I'm good. I got it. Yes. I got my 15 minutes of scare. That's exactly what I signed up for. <laughs> That my was, body that can't was tolerate all I this needed. anymore. It's too intense. Um, so yeah, it's a. It, I don't. I don't play a ton of survival horror because it's just so intense. Yeah. Um, but I do start to like. I am the type of person who craves being scared and likes being scared, and eventually will be like, "I'm bored. I know what. What's going to fix this? I'll yes. just get scared out of my mind, and then I won't be bored at all. I'll be scared." <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well. I've heard a lot about the, you know, the game from you and like your your thoughts on it. But is there any um, anything about the context of when you played it that you want to share? And actually, maybe I'll I'll pump the brakes slightly and say, will you do a little scene painting for me and sort of describe the room where your mm. system would have been set up in and yeah. what that was like? So, um, my brother's bedroom was on the. It was on its own level of my parents' house. Oh, wow. And outside of his bedroom was sort of like a common area. He had like a little suite. Um, not bad. It was not bad, dude. It honestly, my childhood setup was kind of the dream. It was so crazy cool. Yeah. Because um, he left for college and then that became my room. And oh, it was like, baby. it was like his bedroom and our like playroom. And then mm-hmm. I had a, a small bedroom elsewhere. And I was, you know, just fortunate. And, um, he left and I just had both the playroom, my childhood playroom and his bedroom became like my apartment in my parents' house. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I had like a little zone, um, and it was, it was up, up a flight of stairs and my parents' house is so GD haunted. It's (laughs) crazy, man. Um, I, I like, don't really believe in ghosts, but if yes. they do exist, they are for sure in my parents' old house. Um, oh my gosh. That thing creaked and made weird sounds and lights turned on. And um, yeah, uh, I don't want to get into ghosts in this podcast because I, uh, I, I'm i starting to believe in them more, which is yeah. troubling for me as like a 31 year old who, who counted myself as like a realist and like, you know, someone who had a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. And now I'm like, <laughs> maybe ghosts are real and it's like yeah. oh man all my credibility's out the window <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's the concern of of ghosts being real is my credibility is gone <laughs> not the fear of what that actually entails i've told so, so many funny. people ghosts aren't real <laughs> yes they're gonna, they're whole, they're gonna i'm know not gonna be taken seriously ruined Oh, that's funny. Uh, well, that that's interesting considering this is where you would have played this game too. So yeah, I I had a little, um, I had a TV and that was next to the GameCube, and obviously and like a little, we were we had our own little space, and I'd sit next to my brother and, um, we'd just play this game together, and 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 watching someone play this game is almost identical to to playing it. Mm-hmm. The actual like gameplay of it is like move around and press a mostly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we were up in the, in the attic of this haunted house um, <laughs> and all by ourselves and frequently late at night um, or past our bedtimes. Um, sometimes I would sneak up there and we would play games past our bedtime. Ooh, fun. Um, yeah. 
really good stuff. Really good brother stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's about where we were. That's how we were playing it. And cool. yeah, coming out of that game and then going into the, this house that was built in like 1908 and, uh, definitely was haunted, um, was, it's quite, it's quite an experience. Um, I was just so scared, just, you know, I was a little kid and would just be scared for days and like, you know, having little anxiety attacks here and there over like sounds because the game really makes you go crazy. Um, yes. One, of the, one thing I haven't talked about is the sanity meter in this game. Yeah. And it's probably the best part, the best dynamic of this game. Um, it's like the thing I knew most about it, even going into research for this episode. Yeah. I'm surprised I haven't brought it up yet. Um, it's, it's honestly an error on my part. But one of the best dynamics of this game is that the, you have a sanity meter and the more combat you take... Um, I get, no, the more horrors you are exposed to, the lower your sanity goes. And then the dynamic of is, is the lower your sanity bar is the more crazy stuff happens, mm-hmm. um, in the game. So like you'll start to lose your mind in the game, um, and things will happen. And then it, you realize that you are going, you're having a moment of insanity. Yes. And then you'll go back in time to before you lost your mind at the end of like, so like you'll be going, you'll be walking through this haunted mansion and you'll start picking up like shotgun ammo, like, like an absurd amount of shotgun ammo, like, like more shotgun ammo than you'll ever need in the entire game. And you're like, oh my God, I'm set. Look at all this shotgun ammo. And then your character goes, wait a minute, this can't be happening. And it flashes Uh and you go back to where you were before you started finding all the shotgun ammo. Oh, it does it. Can I ask you a question about it? Does it act as like, oh, you need to keep an eye on your sanity meter and, and, and like keep it at a lower point um or is it just is that just part of the game where you just get reset back and you continue your progress yeah so there is very little you can do to manage your insanity meter okay. other when you kill somebody your insanity your sanity goes up a little bit your sanity goes up yes because you oh my gosh, you, you kill the monster yes. your sanity goes up for a little bit okay okay that makes and more so sense than i think I thought the game first. like cycles through like you're in a creepy room and mm-hmm. your sanity is going down and, and things are getting worse and worse and then mobs start coming in and so then you have to kill all your mobs yeah at the end of killing your mobs your sanity level is usually like decent okay gotcha um, it's never good yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're never like you're in a great you're having a great mental health day yes oh uh, uh, something's always wrong um and so yeah it breaks the fourth wall um when your sanity meter goes like when you're pretty far advanced in the game it starts to break the fourth wall where like mm. your tv or your monitor will go black and it'll be like you know any sensible person will be in a game and then go, Oh my God, my, you know, my GameCube just turned off and then it'll turn back on. Nothing happened. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's just an insanity prank. Um, there's another one not to spoil all these, this game is, this game rips and you should play it. And here's another spoiler alert. Just skip this section. If you're going to play this game, (laughs) because all these things are worth experiencing firsthand. Um, there's another one where your, your television volume goes down and it's got like the, back in 2002 like when you turned down the tv volume it was like green text and it was huge it was like half the screen and yes. it was like bar 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 and so it's like got a bunch of really cute like old tv aesthetics that, that are now that. 
that are even even more rewarding now like watching them in the playthrough i was like oh my god this is so cool <laughs> like it looks like a- yes um uh there's the walls will start bleeding there's one where your character just gets bigger and some of them are funnier than others like uh-huh. the one where you pick up a bunch of shotgun ammo is really funny there's one where you <laughs> like just get larger your character gets bigger and bigger and bigger until <laughs> they can't pass through doorways and oh, then weird after after every one of these times your character goes this can't be happening or uh this isn't happening or this can't be real and and you flash back to like right where you yes. were um and it's just such a cool game because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's so involved. It, it's so involved and and really hooks you in, um, particularly with all these like parlor tricks it does on you because yeah. it, it it refocuses your attention within the game. Like I feel like when you're playing most games, like it's easy to get distracted and and. But it's like distracting you in the game. It's so immersive. Yes. Um, yeah. So I highly Man. recommend it. It's like a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing it again, watching the walkthrough. It, it struck me. The walkthrough was like 48 hours long, and this guy's like speed running it. Um, wow. <laughs> it's just like super long game. This, gosh, didn't even account for all the hours you just wandered around before you found the clock. Like... Yeah, and you didn't account for the the pre-clock hours. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, you know, since we're sort of, you know, at the end of our chat here, I did want to ask, is there anything about this game that you didn't get to point out, a detail, or would you just like to wrap up your, uh, you know, your feelings on it? Um, Yeah, I'll just wrap up with my feelings. I think think the uh, talk about the insanity meter is great. I think that's the real takeaway is – what a what a fun part of a game yeah. to to literally go insane and have that be like <laughs> a part of it where your perception is not the reality within a, a fantasy um so fun so cool uh that's 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 it yeah that's that's about how i would wrap it up um, cool i i'd give it a play if you can i mean i know it's available um via some of these emulators yes Um, absolutely i don't think it's available on steam so i think you have to sort of cut it's a challenge about so many of these gamecube exclusives too is that they didn't sell very many they're hard to find they're incredibly expensive and they're not on a secondary market so yeah all you also get if you're gonna buy a gamecube i I don't think i'd recommend buying a gamecube and a copy of this because it's gonna cost you like 300 dollars. yes uh so uh, also a stamp of approval for me uh i uh uh a forebearer a believer in emulation too for many many reasons um <clears throat> that being said before we get into the uh the post show segments keenan thank you so much for bringing on eternal darkness uh to discuss with me today this was a blast oh my god the pleasure is all mine um and uh and now we we spitballed a little bit too because me calling these post show segments is a little misleading it's as if we'd sign off because they're still a part of the show, so we might we might spitball some like some options. We were talking about it before the show, and yeah, truly yeah. cracked this is me this, up. This is the post show segment of the show. Yes, welcome everybody <laughs> to the post show segment of the show. Um, it's we're, it's a cool we're part of the show, show. but it's not, it's after it. Exactly, um, it's for cool people. It's let's it's like the cool hang. 
It is like so, a lot. We let a lot of the losers leave, and now we're still here. Right. Right. Um. So the facts I have for you today, for the fact <laughs> me by your game, uh, these all come from a. I have a, a video that I can send you to called uh, from a YouTube channel called Creeps Plays. Um, and the first of which I will actually tie into the sanity system I have titled the untouchable sanity system. Now, the, this, um, mechanic in the game used, uh, by it to keep track of the player character's sanity using the meter, um, is, uh, if a player's sanity gets low enough, as Keenan told us, the player's grip on reality can also dip within the game. And Nintendo, as they are known to do, actually patented the use of this system when the game was released, even no though way. they never used it again. No and way. It, it expired in 2021. So now, like, people okay. can now use you can the. have a sanity meter again. Yes. Yeah. It's like. Uh, I mean, that's a classic. Look, I love Nintendo's games, but a lot of their practices are frustrating, like this one. Yeah. Um, not the, not the, the, those guys are crazy in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Like, and again, to not use it too, it's, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I've, I was thinking, I'm shocked that there hasn't been another one of these games. There've been like variations of this system in other games, which we'll get to, but like, uh, not this exact system in the way it works. Um, that's your first one, uh, your first fact of the That's day. The second fact. one, okay, That's freaking the, the IP fact. Love yeah, it. Yeah, a great and depressing fact. The second one I have, I have titled Ties to Metal Gear Solid, which I've already brought up today. Now I have some more fun stuff to share, is that Eternal Darkness has a surprising number of ties to the Metal Gear Solid series. Many of the voice actors from Eternal Darkness either had or would eventually ha act in uh, the MGS series, including uh, Solid Snake himself, David Hayter. Um, before I get any further, have you played any of the uh, Metal Gear Solid no, games? No, that's one of my... I, I played briefly one of them, but to, yeah. to say that I've played them would be inaccurate. Yeah. No. Well, I'm glad for accuracy's sake uh, that, that you told the truth, but I, I mean, I finally played through... I probably played like six or seven of them last year if we did oh, wow. a Metal yeah. Gear Solid series. Cool. And... Um, like highly recommend uh there and i would start at the first one just because it's great anyway um silicon knights uh even developed the remake of metal gear solid one uh metal gear solid twin snakes which was exclusively released for the gamecube um and in that game uh it has many references to eternal darkness including a magazine in otacon's lab that has the eternal darkness logo on it wow. there's a poster of Pius, which is a character from Eternal Darkness, in a locker in the armory, and uh, a computer in the hangar is open to the page of Eternal Darkness's website. Wow. Uh, the, the last thing I have, the last tie is that, um, bit of a spoiler here, in the original Metal Gear Solid, um, uh, developed by Konami, uh, when you meet a character called Psycho Mantis, he will, while he's talking to you, will reference other konami game saves that you have on your memory card like oh i see that you like to play castlevania or whatever it is that's funny. uh and in this game for the gamecube he will make a reference to eternal darkness if you have the save data on your memory card cool yeah that's, fun. Um, that's a great that's a what a what a fun easter egg dude i i love that um i played through uh twin snakes last year because i hosted an episode on it and um, I missed that, but I remember um, hearing all of these uh, 
fun references. That oh, reminds well, like when me I was researching of, the game. of one of the fun um, insanity things that happens. Um, oh, yeah. You go to save your game in the in the menu and it deletes uh-huh. all of your save files. And uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> and so then it shows all your save files and then the screen goes black. <laughs> and it's such a good bit. I and it comes back bet. and your guy goes, oh, this can't be happening. And you're like, <laughs> not again. I bet if that were me seeing that, if I weren't realizing that, oh, the game's doing another sanity meter thing, I'd probably shut off my system yeah, to yeah. avoid that. Yeah. No. Jeez. I mean, I, I literally turned my TV. I went to turn my TV. I have a memory of like going and adjusting the TV after it turned off. Um, yes. That's so funny. And then turning my TV off and being like, oh. <laughs> It was on. Um, yes. Okay. Turn it back on. Tricky. <laughs> I mean, um, it's just, I love being tricked. I love pranks. And this game's going to prank you. You know, there's not a lot of games out pranks. there that, that, that sign you up for like 250 pranks, but that's what this game does. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, but that's what we don't say enough is that horror is really just scary pranks. Um, yeah. Well, That'll do it for the Fact Me by Your Game segment, and I'll lead us into the final one, the game recommendations, where Keenan, as you know, this is my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, where I am going to treat Eternal Darkness as your passionate summer Italian fling, and I'm going to give you some other options for some new flings that have stuff in common with Eternal Darkness. Great. Um, it so it was very much, it was very passionate. It was it was short. It's kind of the perfect game. And very, uh, very impression, left an impression yeah, on you. Yeah, super impressionable. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of it's my perfect hammer. scenario. Yeah. yeah, very much your <laughs> army hammer. Um, if you want a spiritual successor to Eternal Darkness while also managing sanity, um, you know, with a different sort of system, I'll recommend Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Um, do you know about this game? Yes. Oh, I almost played this yes. game. Yes. But I, I watched the trailer and said, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, perfect. Uh, and that's how you know it's a good rec, folks. The second recommendation is if you want a game, because uh, well, I noticed while watching gameplay and reviews of this game that uh, one of the types of enemies you fight a million times are just a bunch of sort of like zombie skeletons or like skeletons yeah. that are walking yeah. around. If instead you want to play a game where you are a skeleton oh. instead of hacking them, I'll recommend Medieval, which is a, a, a PlayStation 1 game. I don't know nice. if you're aware of this one. No, I haven't heard of it. The The cover is very distinctive and still sticks out to me where it's just like the skeleton with like a shield and a suit and no, like a sword. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have not um, played this game. Yes. Uh, so there's Medieval for the second one. And finally, as you referenced in this game, um, you are playing as many different characters. Uh, and there's, of course, the core main character who you always jump back to after going in the different time periods. But if that's what you really like about this game, if your takeaway is that you just want to play on different characters depending on the task, well, then for you, my friend, I'll recommend none other than a game you've referenced today, Donkey Kong 64. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, yeah, you do play a bunch of different characters in that game. And I would even say that game should have a sanity meter because it made me go <laughs> insane having to switch and jump in those barrels a million times. And I'll say I like the game. I just played it last year all the way through, but boy, does it get tedious switching yeah. back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I I played that game mostly on the multiplayer. Um, 
after, those are so after good my first playthrough but my parents were trying to keep me away from first person shooters you know just in case it turns you into a psychopathic killer yes um which it does in case anyone's worried about that it does it happens every time um, we have facts uh it it'll happen to both of us as soon as we try one right yeah Connor, uh, both Connor and I are just waiting to become killers. Um, yeah, I and mean, heck, just, uh, maybe we'll do that after this podcast. Yeah, uh, that's a great idea. You yes. know, I've played so many games that I think I'd be... Anyway. Um, yeah, man. Uh, thank you for those recommendations. Oh, those, you're, oh, those you are bet. rock solid. Um, um, I'll, uh, I'm gonna, I'll go over them again just so the listener can remember, but we have uh, Amnesia, The Dark Descent, Medieval, and Donkey Kong 64. And that'll do it for the recommendations. And that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. So, uh, Keenan, before we go, dude, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This was a blast to get to catch up for the first time in a while and hear from you about an incredibly interesting game. Yeah, this was a blast. Um, thank you so much for having me. So grateful to be here. Uh, hey, Love the I- show and congratulations on its success. And, and here's to many more episodes. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm so glad you could join today. Uh, what do you want to plug on the way out? Even if you want to replug. Yeah, I'm going to replug that nice mic. So I know, you know, you're, you're probably listening to this podcast thinking, I don't want to do stand up comedy. I'm a regular person. I don't need that. (laughs) I don't want that in my life. Um, I'm here to tell you that you actually do. You want it in your (laughs) life. Um, writing is so good for your soul and so writing what you think is funny down and then sharing that with people and having them laugh with you uh, is genuinely just a wonderful uh, opportunity that you have uh, at being alive on this planet and you should take 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 me up on my offer to come come do it on on nice mike stage um we have so much fun and everyone i i truly like feel it's just lovey-dovey after the show because yeah. everybody gets a standing ovation and everyone is just happier um, and nice. And so I'm really proud of it and you should come. Um, yeah. I look Killer. forward to seeing every single person who's listened to this episode there. All this 10 coming. million listeners of this episode. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to the Instagram account, but uh uh 3rd 1st 8 p.m. at the Clubhouse Theater. So first Thursdays of the month. First Thursdays. Okay. Yeah. Um S- sweet. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my plug. Please come. Killer. It's my little baby. It's my little baby. I'm so excited about her. And don't disappoint the baby, listeners. Don't <laughs> support do that. the baby. Yeah. <laughs> easy, don't disappoint easy. support. Yeah. Um well, thank you again. Um uh I'll go ahead and just uh, close this out with some plugs of my own. Please do. Um the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him on Instagram uh, on, uh, at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y where you can see his other wonderful great work. He's constantly posting awesome art that he makes. The show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should check out his show, Video Games, a Comedy Show, more of a panel group uh, discussion uh, uh, episode. If you're listening, I recommend especially to go check out the most recent episode because we do these episodes on his show called Space Solace, which is a format I invented. It's essentially fantasy football draft meets a desert island scenario where we go to space. Inevitably, we have like a... the entire library of one console with us 
Uh, for example, this week will be the N64, and inevitably, every time we get hit by an asteroid and we have to each take five games with us mm. to be shot off in our, our respective uh, escape pods um, forever. Tragic. Um, so this is... It's a tragic, it again. Sorry. It's a tragic setup. You know, we're losing so many uh, that because we, we can only take five. We only have room for five on each escape pod. Um, but we will be doing our next one. Um, uh, well, it's already happened. But if you want to listen to the episode, I highly recommend it. Um, we're doing the N64, which is the first one we ever did way back in, epi- in uh, 2019. But we're uh, this one's going to have a little bit of a twist because it's a, it's a redux. So there's going to be a tweak to it this time. Anyway, Video Games, a comedy show. You can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. Uh, sometimes I stream on Twitch, been really inconsistent lately. So hopefully I do it a little more at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And lastly, I've said it before, but you got to check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And if you like the show and uh, the other shows on the network, you're going to love what you find there. I told you about the Pokemon Games Club, which comes out every Friday for the $10 DJ Toads. Uh, but also, there's a version of this show that I release every month. I think it's the uh, the second or third Tuesday, uh, the Call Me By Your Game co-op series, where I have a group of people on to discuss a meaningful game to uh, a panel of us. Um, anyway, there's a bunch of great stuff there. Uh, Sounds like so it. much interesting cool content for such a reasonable price so much i mean it it is three bonus podcasts a week so 12 bonus podcasts a month um yeah that's a or yeah that's a busy guy dude this guy's making podcasts we're making so much we have a really great crew over there uh i mean speaking of uh you know horror we have a podcast on our network the only non-video game one it's called the scary basement podcast which uh i recommend looking up yeah have me on I, I, I was thinking, I, I was like, I got to recommend to you, you to Mikey and Roxy when they do their next season. Cause I think it would be, it's a perfect melding. Um, but, uh, anyway, that'll do it for this episode of what call me by your last. We did it. I and, had so uh, much fun. I, I wish it, you, I wish it wasn't over. If only, if only I never closed it out. What if, what if we just, what if just for this one pod, we just roll it into gaming Keep it going. We'll we'll just launch like, that a huh, bit. We'll this one the is guns. five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, oh no, this can't be happening. Yeah. What if yeah. that's how the show? Yeah, ends? we'll just keep saying that, and then we'll take it from the top each time. Yes, exactly. Um. Well, just in case this doesn't continue, listener, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>